Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest Hello there, Edwin. Hello, Andrew. It's a Monday morning. We are trucking right along in the Gospel of John, moving to John 7. It's a beautiful way to start the day or whenever you're listening to this podcast. Or into the day. Spend or... a little time in the Word, a little time in prayer, and I'm just loving going through the Gospel of John. Yes, yes, it is fantastic. So many things to talk about. I feel like uh, part of me wishes we could go back to John chapter 6 and have a few more discussions. I think probably at the end of this week, I'm going to feel like we weren't able to do justice to John chapter 7, but we'll come up with some things to talk about. Absolutely, absolutely. I think I'm going to read John chapter 7. We'll read the first half of the chapter today uh, through verse 24. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. After this, Jesus went about in Galilee. He would not go about in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Now the Jews' feast of booths was at hand, so his brothers said to him, Leave here and go to Judea, that your disciples also may see the works you are doing. For no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For not even his brothers believed in him. Jesus said to them, My time has not yet come, but your time is always here. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify about it that its works are evil. You go up to the feast. I'm not going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. After saying this, he remained in Galilee. But after his brothers had gone up to the feast, then he also went up, not publicly, but in private. The Jews were looking for him at the feast and saying, Where is he? And there was much muttering about him among the people. While some said, He is a good man, others said, No, he's leading the people astray. Yet for fear of the Jews, no one spoke openly of him. About the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and began teaching. The Jews therefore marveled, saying, How is it that this man has learning when he has never studied? So Jesus answered them, My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I am speaking on my own authority. The one who speaks on his own authority seeks his own glory, but the one who seeks the glory of him who sent him is true, and in him there is no falsehood. Has not Moses given you the law? Yet none of you keeps the law. Why do you seek to kill me? The crowd answered, You have a demon. Who is seeking to kill you? Jesus answered them, I did one work, and you all marvel at it. Moses gave you circumcision, not that it is from Moses, but from the fathers, and you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If on the Sabbath a man receives circumcision so that the law of Moses may not be broken, are you angry with me because on the Sabbath I made a man's whole body well? Do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. I can't help but notice as you begin reading that John continues this theme of abandonment that we see going on in the end of John chapter 6. Uh, of course, as we were talking last week, uh, Jesus' difficult teachings about being the bread of life uh, drove many of his disciples to turn away and walk with him no more. Uh, such a number rejected him there at Capernaum that he even asks the apostles, the twelve, if they would leave also. And of course, Peter makes his good confession. Uh, he says, where else would we go? You have the words of eternity life. But here as we are reading in John chapter 7, remaining in Galilee, that, um, I guess, uh, attitude of departing Jesus, uh, we see it's even in his family 
that his brothers are uh, uh, mocking him a little bit, challenging him at least. Hey, why don't you go up to Judea? And particularly when verse one says the people in Judea are trying to kill him. Boy, with brothers like these, you know, who, who, who needs enemies? <laughs> hey, you ought to go there and, and, and spend some time there. Uh, of course, he is reticent to do that at the prodding of his brothers. But then interestingly enough, Edwin, he chooses to go and he does present himself there at a feast and even teaching in the temple. And yet the text says that he went privately, not publicly. And I, I think so. I know there's some struggles that we have with Jesus telling his brothers, I'm not going to go. But he goes and trying to figure out what is he lying? Did he just change his mind? I think the point being is that they were asking him not merely to go, mm -hmm. but to go and declare himself Messiah, go mm -hmm. and declare himself Christ, go and try to establish his kingdom and his authority. And Jesus says, yeah, that, I'm not doing that. I'm right. not doing that. Right. And so the issue of him going privately is not that he's going to get there and not let anybody know he's there or that he's going to get there and he won't do any teaching. It's this issue of he's not trying to make a public claim or or or, or move for governorship or headship yeah. or messiahship. He's going to go, but he's not going to make a big deal. This is very different than the triumphal entry. That's what I was thinking. It's not time for the triumphal entry. This yet. is not the triumphal entry. And that's, that's the thing that we're seeing here, and his brothers are pushing on this. I think, interestingly, there in John 7 and verse 1, John makes a connection back. A couple of weeks ago, we were in John 5. You remember you highlighted what a big deal it was and how quickly this yeah. escalated. John 5, 18, this was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Mm -hmm. And so now here at the beginning of what we have is John 7. John makes that connection back. Hey, you remember several paragraphs yeah. ago I told you they were seeking to kill him. Well, this is why Jesus is kind of hanging out. It's it's not his time yet. It's not the time for to pursue that. And I just wanted to remind you that Sabbath miracle, because we're going to talk some more about that Sabbath miracle uh, right yeah, now. Yeah, it comes up. That's right. That's right. So, so go, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and, and so uh, Jesus is willing to take up that issue. He knows in the heart. He knows the hearts of men. Uh, we've highlighted that in a few chapters now, and it comes to bear an, again in today's reading that clearly there were those who wanted to kill him, kill him for uh, what they perceived as breaking the Sabbath. Uh, and he's going to speak to that and correct that a little bit. In fact, he's going to teach them about authority from God. I think this is really important. Remember one of the points that we have made as we've gone along. Who is Jesus? Which prophet is he? Is he the testing prophet or the true prophet? I, I want to keep bringing this up because it's it's just in the past couple of years, relatively recently, that this has really settled on my mind. Uh, and mostly, honestly, because I've been able to have a, f a few studies with uh, some Jewish folks and talking to them about why don't you accept Jesus as the mm -hmm. Messiah? Look mm -hmm. at all these miracles. And they said, yeah, but Deuteronomy 13. And it really hit me. Okay. So in the past where I have just kind of dismissed, how can you guys see this miracle and not and not say, oh, he must be God and quit worrying right. about your little dinky rule about the Sabbath. And, and I've realized, oh, that's very dismissive at, rather than actually following what the scripture demonstrates. Deuteronomy 13, a prophet may come in, may even have signs, mm -hmm. may even declare wonders. God may even allow them to come to pass. But he's still a false prophet. And if he's a false prophet leading people astray from the law of God, he needs to be executed, which is what the Jewish claim was about Jesus, that, yeah, false prophet leading people astray needs to be executed. Mm -hmm. So they executed him. And 
Therefore, when this whole discussion about Sabbath comes up, Jesus does not simply say what I have so often said. He doesn't simply say, hey guys, did you not see that I made a lame man walk? Doesn't that count for something? Mm -hmm. He actually addresses the matter of authority. He Mm -hmm. does not discount the questions of authority. He does not dismiss the questions of authority. He takes seriously this question, was he allowed to heal a man on the Sabbath? And it is a question of authority. Does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely does. Um, He is being challenged for his teaching and particularly doing that deed. They wonder where is he even getting his teaching from? Uh, the, The powers that be and the religious elites in Jerusalem recognize this fellow is a Galilean. He is a carpenter's son. He is not educated. And yet he's going to stand up and teach us and preach us or, you know, preach to us. Where do you get off? Who right. are you? Right, right. Now, I, look, I, there's so much on this that this is going to take us a couple days to talk about. I, I maybe reserve for tomorrow the discussion of how he established the authority and what he did. Right now, I just really want to focus on, to Jesus, authority really mattered. And that actually even ties into that whole prophet discussion you, you've brought up in verse 15, where they say, how is it that this man has learning when he has never studied? Mm -hmm. So Jesus answered them in verse 16, my teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. Mm -hmm. That is a direct reference back to this. Well, I think it's a direct reference back to this promise in Deuteronomy 18 of the prophet who is like Moses, because in Deuteronomy 18, when God promises to send another prophet, he says, I will put my words in his mouth Mm -hmm. and you're supposed to listen to him. Mm -hmm. Jesus is making the claim, I am the prophet who has the words of God in my mouth. My teaching is not mine. How did you get this since you're not studied? I can tell you how I got it. I didn't have to go to your schools to figure it out, and I didn't have to sit at the feet of Hillel or Gamaliel or whatever all those other guys' names are that are famous uh, rabbis Rabbis. from that time. I I didn't have to do that. I received it from God. Oh, hey, Isn't that where Moses received his? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I'm the prophet in the footsteps of Moses. But it still comes down to authority matters. My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. Andrew, that says something about our teaching. What should our teaching be? I hope that our teaching is God's word. Yeah, his who sent us. But the source source for us is going to be the scriptures. Sure. Yes, absolutely. Uh, But but still that idea of it's not my teaching. I don't come up with stuff on my own. I love this in verse 17. If anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I'm speaking on my own authority. Jesus has said over and over and over again, I don't do things on my own authority. Andrew, this is the question that comes to me from that. When are we doing stuff on our own authority? I guess when we're doing it because... uh we've made it up or we're going to appeal to some other writing or some other thinker that, you know, th- there's a difference in saying, well, uh, you know, the rabbinic tradition and Rabbi Gamaliel had taught da, 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 versus saying, thus saith the Lord, here's the scripture. Yeah. Or as a prophet would say, thus saith the Lord, because he's been given directly revelation from God. Right, right. I think about some of the very practical, pragmatic questions we have today about establishing biblical authority. This comes down to churches deciding what are we allowed to do, what are we not allowed to do. Christians saying, what am I allowed to do as a servant of Jesus Christ and a disciple? What am I not allowed to do? Well, and even doctrinally, what are we supposed to teach? What positions are we supposed to hold? What is truth? What is heresy? Yeah. So here's the question. Um, 
when do I have God's authority? And I, I want to be careful on, on some of the specifics on that because I want to reserve that for tomorrow's conversation. But the, the issue that, I mean, I have authority from God when God has actually authorized it in some mm-hmm. way, right? That's right. I mean, things aren't just, things just aren't authorized. You know, just everything is just okay. Everything's fair game unless God says not to. Uh-huh. I, I think there are some folks that kind of have that idea that it's just, everything's just fair game. We are allowed to do anything and everything that ever pops into our mind. I mean, except for the things God said don't do. Yeah. It, it seems to me that what we're dealing with is, is that I am doing things on God's authority when I can actually find where God authorized it. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm doing it on my own authority. I mean, right? I've heard it this way with, with the word express, express teaching, the express uh, precept of Scripture or the express precedent of Scripture. In other words, I can see positively what is written in the New Testament. Do this, be this, teach this, practice this. I know I have God's authority for that. There it is written. Then I get down to, in verse 18, the one who speaks on his own authority seeks his own glory, but the one who seeks the glory of him who sent him is true, and in him there is no falsehood. For me, this is the touchstone passage that says Bible authority matters. Mm -hmm. These discussions about authority matter and why they matter. I don't believe discussions about biblical authority. so that you know you're right. <laughs> I was just about to say that's not why. Oh, that's not why. It's, it's I don't believe these discussions are here's how I know I'm right and how I'm righter than other people and I have to be righter than other people or perfectly right so I can go to heaven. No, the reason why discussions of authority matter is because God's glory matters. That's it right there. We want God to be glorified and Jesus is showing us the way by allowing him to speak, by allowing his word to rule and not our own. Jesus Jesus is the judge. In the end, he will decide who is with him for eternity and who is not. And he will have, I'm sure, an entire complexity of principles and and considerations to take into mind that it makes me glad he's the judge and I'm not. So I'm not going to sit here and have some discussion of authority and say, this is why people are going to hell or this is why people are going to heaven. But I think we need to have these discussions because I think God's glory matters. Because I believe, here's what I believe, if people tell me God's glory doesn't matter, I don't hold out a lot of hope for their salvation. And I think that's a key that we need to keep in mind. I hear that. People who profess to be Christians, they don't want to rob God of his glory. And when we disdain authority or think that it doesn't matter, we don't want to get down in these weeds. You're robbing God of his glory. Yeah. These things matter because God's glory matters. How about we pray to the glorious God? Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to study your word and to have this discussion, share these devotional thoughts with with everyone listening to the podcast today. I pray that we might be blessed and encouraged to give you all the glory that you are due and even to appreciate, Father, that, that that means a willingness to hear your word, to respect your word, to obey your word, to glorify you. And, Father, never to uh, make light or disdain the effort that goes into understanding that scripture. We don't want to rob you of any of your glory. And please forgive us when we have. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. 
You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.